0: Are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one? Would your man be interested in a personalised keyring from his children? Are you looking for the best priced jewellery whether it be a necklace, ring, earrings, bangle or even more? Look no further than Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday, maybe something for christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time crafted arts is the business for you if you want to know more or see what they have in stock then you can visit them locally at 29 high street barry phillic morgan cf627 eb or you can go onto to their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk you can even email them at info at or maybe just give them a call at 4 double seven eight nine nine four two four eight. Trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about Creative Space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film, or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So, do you want to have experience in making jewelry? Do you want to pick up a hobby, but? not know what to take or where to start then look no further than the veil jewelry workshops veil jewelry workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry they will help you make a range of silverware including rings bracelets and many more pieces you will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering texturing shaping and lots more not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well so if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewelry and if you're very interested go on to their website at www.veildewerryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone at zero double seven eight nine seven nine four two four eight. We're Billboard Ensemble. Uh Uh-huh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, is coming to the Memo Arts Centre from the 20th to the
1: 23rd of July, featuring 25 dance floor classics such as I Will Survive, Hot Stuff, Go West, and many more. Tickets on sale now at memoartcenter.co.uk or call at 01446 738 622.
0: Hello everyone and my name is Reese Deans of the Creative Space Podcast once again for you to have another episode on the go and this time I have finally done it after so many weeks and Months and God, you name it, since the very beginning of this show, I have finally got Stephen Mir to come on my show. There's been many yeses and nos and maybes, especially of our busy schedules. I mean, but we finally got down to talk about, you know, his career, how he's produced some of the best choreography on the West End and Broadway stage. You know, his involvement with Matthew Bourne, with Mary Poppins, also doing the choreography for Sunset Boulevard, Guys and Dolls, I mean, you name it. He's done it all. He's also performed with some of the very best of the West End and Broadway stage. But without further ado, I'm really excited. So I'm just going to get through it. Here we go, guys. Me, Stephen Mia on Creative Space Podcast. Finally, we get to have this podcast. It's been a long time because when I first started this, your name was on my list and it was a bit of a back and forth scenario. It was like it was going to happen, then it wasn't going to happen, then it was going to happen, but you're a very busy man. Uh, I I can understand that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been a long time coming. I'm glad we could manage to get together today, actually.
0: Yeah. So, as well... I want to know what you're doing right now because I do follow you on Twitter and I I do keep up with some of the things. But um, with your schedule, especially coming out of Covid, it must have been all so overwhelming to see so many, uh, uh, your schedule being filled with working, etc. Yeah, it's funny
1: that because when we were in Covid, I thought, well, I'm never going to work again because it seemed so long from from being constant to having nothing was the weirdest thing for me. So I just thought, I kind of got it in my head that nothing is ever going to happen again. But then of course, when we got back to normal, everything got put back. So everything is like clashing against each other or we're trying to make things work or I've had to pull out of something. So, so, yeah, we've been very busy. I mean, at the moment, we've we've just put a new guy into Mary Poppins, an amazing new guy. Um, And and I'm doing a corporate gigs for Alpha Solutions who are fantastic. And then I'm auditioning for White Christmas and my 42nd Street. That I directed and choreographed in Paris, so everything's on top of each other at the moment. But I'm not complaining. because yeah. I'm thrilled to be back at
0: work. Do you know, when it comes to when when you first started, then was it was it always going to be choreography? Was it going to be directing, or was there another passion, uh, hobby? No, I mean, I
1: always wanted. I always wanted to be a choreographer because I, I used to love, like in show, I was in shows for many years in the West End. And then I kind of went to the dance captain position into the assistant. And then I decided, you know what, I really want to choreograph. I'd always choreographed at colleges and things. So um, yeah, so that was my next thing. But then I would, you know, I watched all the directors. So then I started getting directing. I don't want to direct something I like and I know backwards. <clears throat> so I kind of went into the directing side as well, which is great. So. You know, I'm very lucky that I get to do all these brilliant shows.
0: You love a, a challenge in is it? Is it a challenge that you haven't done before? And something-
1: Yeah, I do. I, I do love a challenge. I mean, I, I love doing new shows, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I, as a di- when I'm directing, I like to do a show that I know backwards or or even if it's a new show that I know better than anybody else. I always like to be on my front foot all the time.
0: Yeah. And when you first started, when you wanted to be a choreographer, what, what sort of style did you start off with first? Because there's so many uh, styles of dance. What was the first one that you've just gone, right? I'll do tap dancing, I'll do this yeah. thing, XYZ.
1: Well, I was tap dancing from the age of three. So my mum used to help teach her to school, and I just started running in and out. They never wanted me to, I don't think. And I just ran in out, tap dancing, and then that became my main thing, and then jazz dancing all you know, or Modern Dances, it was called then. And then um, I went, I auditioned for London Studio, never expecting a Loughborough boy to get into a big stage school. And I did, and I was so lucky, you know, and I worked because my ballet wasn't that great. So I knew what I I was clever enough to know what I had to work at, not just do the show, the, not just do the classes I knew I could do well. I, I pushed myself. So I was quite knowledgeable that way. And boy, it really helped singing and then going into the acting course. So I kind of did everything in the end.
0: One of the things I really what really interests me is that, I mean, I did um, when I was in school, I did the production of Annie and I played Daddy Warbucks. And uh, one of the one of the things that um, I regretted not doing then was do tap dancing because I always find tap dance is so thrilling and everything. And I mean, I'm really 26. But if you were to advise someone, if someone said, I want, like my age, you know, for a 25 year old who's got no dance experience but wants to do tap dancing, how would you approach dance and give them the best advice that you can give?
1: I mean, first of all, tap dance is joyous. I mean, you know, I would say go and do a beginner's class just see if you enjoy it and if you and if you really want to if you love tap dancing it's like anything if you love it you will you'll make it work and and start to enjoy it mm-hmm. and enjoying it is more more important than being made to do a tap class do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so I, I always think anything's possible at whatever age
0: because one of the things that really um it's 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 one of the people that i always find uh, remarkable uh, and obviously he's left his mark uh, on theatre since well, when he died. But obviously it's the great Bob Fossey. Okay. and uh, and I, I only first got to know, know Bob Fosse. I mean I I seen um, all that jazz, the film, and I was aware that oh Bob Fosse, this guy directed Bob Fosse, um, all that jazz, etc. and Cabaret. But then I, I looked into obviously because of one what Sam Rockwell brought to the character when in Fosse and Verdon. it it, it seems that oh my god this man is actually highly celebrated you know he's created his own style and everything but to you what makes bob fossey stand out in the in the world of choreography
1: i just think he was ahead of his time for a start so sometimes you know his sexual things he puts into the numbers you know it's very sexy for women it's always beautiful and uh, and his style and his clumps, it's his style, I think, made him very different. But then if you go back, if you look at Jack Cole, who used to do all the MGM films, Fossey had obviously been inspired by him. You know, people all get inspired by each other. So, uh, but he, he was just a genius. Bob Fossey was a genius. All those rhythm things. I read his book and he said he used to go to his, you know, to, a—I think it was a strip club with his, father or something or mother and he stayed in the quick the dressing rooms and he used to hear the radiators making and he used to start doing rhythms and hearing the drums on stage and so that was a common so he always had rhythm and style so uh, he was just a pure genius the way he approached everything
0: yeah I wanted to ask you a question because uh it's a bit of an educational one for me um so this uh like a learning lesson for me but when, when it comes to like dancing right I mean growing up there was um there's still a slight hint of, of of young young men who didn't want to go into ballet or didn't want to go into dancing and everything. And I I, I just want to know from because obviously you've got years and years of experience and I've I've studied um, Wayne Sleep as well because obviously famous choreographer on his own writer Matthew Bourne and etc. But I, I don't know it. The, the film Billy Elliot seemed to, for me anyway, seemed to have expanded and left. Um, young men or boys come in and do dance, do you think it's because of Billy Elliot or do you think it was a lot further than that that really gave a lot of young men uh, the confidence to go, well, you know what? I don't care what people think. I want to go off and do ballet. I want to go and do this. I mean, yeah, well, when I was a kid, I mean, dancing was just gay. <laughs> that's all anyone ever
1: said. I'm not, you know, where I'm from, where I'm from. It was classed. you know, girls just do that. Boys don't, you know, that's that narrow-minded thing. But Billy Elliot did help help it tons and tons I have to say because you know there were so mon- many of us that, that are older relate to that because we were probably the only male dancer around in that area at the time or you know I remember being told <clears throat> you won't go to London you know yeah you know people from Loughborough don't do that showy stuff you, you have to get on to your homework and you know try and get a job here that's not a real job I was always being told not from Mm -hmm. my parents but by other people so I think that made me more determined to go and also with Strictly Come Dancing it's become more of a masculine thing and you know it's well and times have changed over the years so that's why it's it's more acceptable a lot more there's so many talented guys now around you know
0: Especially as well when you got the double act, you know, double male uh, dance partners or, yeah. or female dance partners. It, it's just gonna. It's the no. Why should people care anyway? I mean, just. Think. I know. I, I thought I can't remember their names, but the 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 double uh, the the all male uh, dance. Yeah, act, yeah. yeah I thought they were gonna go on and win it because I thought they were really really good, but I just can't. Uh. But when it when it comes to Strictly Come Dancing, I mean, I don't see. Oh, I, I don't watch it purely like oh who's gonna win it or anything. I just see the the acts and everything. And one of my favourites is Musical Week. You know that's right. that's, yeah. that's always been. And my and my fiance, you know, she she loves that kind. Of, and she was the one that actually got me into loving strictly come dancing more because it's like I oh, just watch this because we're obviously theatre goers. It's quite
1: amazing though. If you there were, years ago, like in the twenties, there was lots of male couples dancing the tango mm. years ago. I mean, that was so they'd obviously got that in mind, and also just trying to break barriers. I think as well. That's why strictly has been so fabulous.
0: Obviously someone said, you said about London and you went to college for the London Studio Centre. I mean, how was, how was your time there? You know, that, that must've been such a thrilling experience to be learning the ropes and, you know, just doing what you love doing.
1: I mean, I couldn't believe I was in London for a start and, and actually doing something I loved. And I remember the first week we were there, they don't do it now, but I did 20, I think it was something like 25 classes the first week. And I couldn't walk at the end of the week. I was in agony. I thought my body was in agony, but I loved doing it. And also where I came from, I was like the best person. I was this young lad that was brilliant. I get to London and I'm like in the lowest ballet class, average tap class, average, you know. So I had to suddenly thought, crikey, I need to get my my shit together and be good. (laughs) So I'd go and do class at weekends as well to make like ballet classes, to make it stronger. I think I did 14, cl- oh, was it 14? 14 ballet classes a week to make my technique stronger. Mm-hmm. That's how, I mean, I was obsessed. I, I was like a sponge. Yeah. I just wanted to be in this industry.
0: Yeah, a lot of people d- don't seem to realise how very disciplined it is that, you know, it, it's not just, you can't just go in and think to yourself, oh yeah, I could do this. I could do that. I mean, when you said that as well, like, you were hurting all over the place, it, it kind of reminded me of a film um, the, the Rock was in it. I think it was called The Game Plan, and um, there was this little scene with him and the ballet dancer and he was like, oh I could do that, no problem. And it cuts to a scene where, I mean, obviously the character he's playing is like an American footballer. You oh, know, yeah. Pathetic, and then he does the dances, he's like <gasps> and he just pushed to the limits. So I think um, when you get a lot of people, I bet you had a lot of people going, I could do that. And you could go, all right, then let's see yeah. what you can
1: do. I love it when I see people think they can just walk in off anywhere and, and dance just because they can break dance or just because they can ballroom dance doesn't mean you can do the triple threat thing. You know, when it's not just about also, because I'm in theater, it's not just about being able to dance, it's about being able to sing and being able to act. Because all the dancing I do is through acting as well, you know, it's forward in a story. And I find that very important. So it's a real, I mean, it's a tough dis- discipline, but I do get to work with the best. So I'm
0: very lucky. Speaking of working with the best, um, one of the dancers that uh, uh, I got on the list here, um, it, uh, it's it got a question here is like, d- did you ever work with uh, uh, Gillian Lynn? Uh, yeah. yeah well, what was, I mean, God bless her, no longer with us yeah. But when, I was watching the story of musicals and obviously she was, She's the uh, the woman behind cat choreography, or how she brought in, and how she was, you know, a challenge in herself. Yeah. But when you worked with her, what was it like to just just be around her and just to learn from her as well in some ways?
1: I have to say I'm very grateful to her because she was a big supporter of me when I became a choreographer, very big supporter. Um, but uh, when I was in Cats, I'd not met her before because I'd joined six and it's six years, so. You only come back and forth to visit a show. Well, she came back to visit the show and we, we had rehearsed with her for a week. And she is a, was an you know, amazing force of nature. I mean, she was in her 60s then. Yeah, she must have been. And she came and I remember in a leotard and everything and demonstrating these things with her legs. And I'm thinking, I mean, you couldn't moan or say you were tired when you've got a 60 year old lady in front of you who is stunning and teaching you and also, it was just an honor to have to listen to her explain about cats because she originated it yeah wonderful I absolutely adored her
0: I I always think to myself how I mean for, for protection like cats and you got to think well like from her perspective as well is well how can we get the body to move like a feline how how you do it so it must and you know for her to be in a to do that for an Andrew Weber Webber production, and especially with Cameron Mcintosh uh, producing it as well, it's, it's sort of this big... Yeah. And
1: it's-
0: also you've got Trevor Nunn directing it. Yeah, It's yeah.
1: sensational, you know, I mean, I've worked with him a lot. But, uh, but all those people, <laughs> strong-headed as all of them are, and wonderful and amazing, they obviously worked so hard to make it work. And I think they all thought it was going to be a flop.
0: Yeah, okay. I think a lot of people, are yeah. because even the actors though as well. You had Wings. Oh, yeah,
1: no, I've had yeah. I've had
0: friends in it that said they did they thought it would last a couple of months. So it's great. <laughs> Decades to come and it's still on stage and Yeah. the film, you know. <laughs>
1: and I'm so glad I got to do it as well. I'm so pleased I got to do it.
0: So. Yeah. one of the um one of the things that I want to talk about, especially mentioning uh Cameron McIntosh is obviously because Mary Poppins started out in the mid 2000s and yeah. um uh how did you, how were you approached? Because I think you did it with Matthew Bourne as well. Yes, um, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so when when it came to doing Mary Poppins in the West End, um, who gave you the call? Was it Cameron McIntosh? Was it the director? Who was it?
1: Uh, the, it was Cameron. Because okay. both me and Matthew at the time, I don't know who I thought I was, but um, at the time, neither of us wanted to do it with each other, really. We just thought, well, why do we? But that's Cameron being a genius because he put two total different, Not totally different, because we love all the same stuff, me and Matthew, but two different styles and put them together. And it worked for me. I think the show would not have been as good if it was just either one of us. I just thought the style of choreography throughout the show is so diverse and big, and you have to have the best dancers doing it. And and I think that's what makes a show look so fabulous. I mean, it's a marathon for some of of them in the show. But it also is, you know, I watched it the other day, and I just forgot how... Just Disney being involved, Cameron, you know it, Richard E. Yeah, they're just amazing, all these people to work with, you know. And it was great collaboration between me and Matthew. I mean, he's a genius. So.
0: When when you did Mary Poppins, obviously, um, it must have been difficult for Cameron McIntosh to, in some ways, to get the rights because from why, when I watched the documentary, Cameron actually had to get the rights early when while she was uh, P.L. Travis was still alive. From what I gathered.
1: And that was hard.
0: Yeah. Oh, Jimmy, it's like, how do we do it? But then I think she was more happy with the fact that it was going to be in Britain first. So it's like in yeah. England. So it's it's not going to be Americanized. But then obviously Disney had to tiptoe in as soon as he.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think they couldn't, I think Disney had the rights before Cameron. can't remember how it worked. But so it's 50 50. But when we, you know, we did like five versions, well, more than five versions of temper, temper as it was. Now it's called playing the game with the put with all the toys coming alive. But when we went to Disney, it did get Disney-fied. I mean, it looks more it looks more spectacular through going to Disney. And now it, it's changed again. When we came back, we did a whole big change for the once we came back, and it and it's so much better. It's it's just beautiful theatre.
0: Yeah. When when we
1: you- of it.
0: Yeah. When you did the choreography for for Mary Poppins, what what did you and and Sir Matthew actually, um Matthew Bourne, what did you two do different than what the film offered? Obviously there was the singing and dancing in, in Mary Poppins, but what did you guys did you just sit back and think, right, what can we do different than what the film actually offered?
1: Yeah, I mean we also had Bob Crowley, the designer who was genius and um, I remember thinking how can we do super cow because you always think of the penguins and you know and the tambourines and Mm -hmm. and of course we go to Mrs Corrie's shop which is an actual story in the books and uh and at my partner's death so I wanted to sign it which um, (laughs) and you know it's a bit of a bonks idea of saying I'm dyslexic and so we had to have all the letters on the mirrors to do all the signing for it and so that made it very different and that's a massive I didn't realise how big that was gonna be. I mean, I remember in Disneyland, they did it with 2,000 people doing all the letters. You know, you never dream your choreography is gonna be on world, worldwide and people know what it is. Um, Chimney Sweeps, because I'm a tap dancer, I wanted to make it into a tap number. Everybody thinks the film is a tap number, it's not at all. It's just balletic jumps, which yeah. are amazing. So I wanted to make it into a big tap number, especially when I knew I'd got Gavin Lee, who was gonna play Bert originally. So yeah, they were the things we changed, but we all spoke about everything. The statues in the park for Jolly Holiday. George Stiles' Anthony Drew wrote the extra music with the Sherman Brothers. So we had, the things were different. People say to us now, oh no, that song, I love that anything can happen in the film. I said, it's not in the film. That's Stiles and Drew being genius, just doing something so close. There's another song in Jolly Holiday, people think it's in it and it's not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so we did stay very true and loyal to the period style but we just elaborated on it and made it our own and I remember saying to Bob Crowley one day you know in the tap number it'd be great if he could go up the wall a bit and then you know like Donald O'Connor in the there he went well why don't we take him up the wall and across the top tap dancing upside down and then bring him down the other side and I was like what and that's what we do in the show I mean it's
0: amazing in the show I have to say that's very exciting. Did you ever get, get to meet the original Cast of the film, like Julie Julie Andrews or Dick Van Dyke, or um, they've had Dick Van Dyke. We've had, we did have Julie Andrews, which was fabulous. Uh,
1: but Dick Van Dyke, they, they came when we were in America, but I wasn't there then when we took out the show to America. Yeah,
0: speaking of uh, America, you you choreographed it in on Broadway, but there was uh, but there was one particular uh, individual I want to mention because obviously well, she's no longer with us now, but her husband won the Tony Awards. From Alain Rouge and um uh, Rebecca Luca. What was it? What was it like to work with her? And I
1: mean, uh, she was just a class act. She's just, I mean, I loved Danny. I got to work with Danny at the Met in New York, so I was her, her husband. So it was heartbreaking to hear when she passed. Um, she was just, a, I mean, if you look at her CV, she's stunning, just very classy lady with the most beautiful voice and a gorgeous soul. So I mean, she it was such a pleasure to have worked with her. Real pleasure.
0: When you got the Tony Award nomination for best choreography, I bet you, I bet you turned to uh, Matthew and gone, "Oh, we actually made it, then, have we?" <laughs> I think I think Matthew has already got four by then. I think he got <laughs> about four by oh, then. Have I? Mean, then, I? <laughs> he was in shock.
1: I mean, you know, I remember being there and saying, "You got a Tony nomination," and I was like, "Oh my god!" And when you're in America, it's not like here. It's on TV every day on the news. It's all about theater on Broadway. And it's on every day. And we were like the big favorites to win. And we didn't actually win on the night. And I always remember um, them coming to to us. I think this guy from Spring Awakening won. And I remember them coming to us and saying, to me and saying, oh God, are you upset you didn't win? And I was like, I'm at the Tonys. (laughs) Who would have ever dreamt a little boy from Loughborough would be at the Tony Awards? More than happy to be here. You know, it's like every time I go and work on Broadway. I mean, I've worked there four times now, and I'm and I work in America a lot, but on Broadway, I've done four shows. So I'm very lucky. So I just, you know, I just can't believe my luck. Yeah. Someone said to me years ago, little little gay boy from Loughborough, saying, "You know, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have, uh, win all these awards in London and then go to Broadway." I would have laughed. So it's it's still amazing, and I love every second of it.
0: Yeah, it's like when I remember I met um, Ian McKellen. Um, well, he was at the new theatre and kind of doing No Man's Land with Patrick Stewart, and someone shouted out that he should have been nominated for an Oscar. It, it was for I, I can't remember what film it was, but he literally turned around when it's not about the Oscars; it's about the experience itself, and you know, just being there, being at the yeah. top, being there, that's just an, I think that's a, a big enough award to or. A signal to say, you, you
1: made it, you know. You know, even I remember when I got my first nomination, I got 100 years ago uh, for Soul Train, which was my very first show as a choreographer that went into the West End as part of a tour for eight weeks. And I remember when they rang me and told me I had to sit down that I was nominated for an Olivier Award. I was like, wow, I would never have dreamt that. So, you know, I, you know, I'm always grateful, you know. and My aim is to keep doing good, classy work fingers crossed
0: (laughs) what's one of your what's one of your rules then as a choreographer what's what's the one rule for you that you tell your your cast that right if if we're going to do it is there like an important thing you know uh, don't do this or do this or do that what is the main i
1: mean i mean you're very specific about what you want your vision like me and matthew work totally different putting numbers together but i mean i let um you know i just like discipline in a room i like you know, I always work with the best people, so I never really ever have to ask this, but I hear people have to have trouble in rooms and, do that, and I don't have any of that. Um, I think it's a discipline thing. They just don't, don't be scared to bring something to the table. Don't be scared, to, even if it's stupid or we're gonna try something stupid on you, just you just gonna have to go with it. We'll see, you know, and, and also working with great directors because I'm a big believer you should never know where a director leaves and a choreographer takes over. Because we're all storytelling. You know, dance. It isn't just dance unless you do the odd jukebox show. It's, if you're doing a show about people and humans, you want to tell a story through dance and further the story. They're the shows I find really interesting, and luckily with like Gypsy and Sunset Boulevard, I got to do that with fabulous people as well. So,
0: speaking of the fabulous people, I've got to mention first when you said Gypsy, because you did it with Imelda Staunton, and now she's going to be playing Queen Elizabeth.
1: Oh yeah, she's just sensational. I mean, that was a a tour de force watching her play Rose. I mean, it blew my mind. I mean, even I sat in an, you know, I I remember crying in a rehearsal once because she was so, just so amazing what she did. I mean, breathtaking. And I I mean, she would always give 1000%. I used to go to a dressing room after she said, have you got anything for me? And she'd just sit there looking, just dripping. You know, there was nothing. She was just fantastic in that role. And Stephen Sondheim absolutely loved her in that role. Mm.
0: Did you ever get to meet Sondheim then? Uh, yeah, I
1: met him twice. I, when I was in Follies many years ago, the poor guy had taken over one of the young leads, couldn't get out his contract. So I played Young Buddy. Um, this was with the other Kit version, all those years ago with Julie McKenzie. And um, and I was, and I got all the rehearsal with him for two weeks. Well, I think he came in for a week. And so I was on for Young Buddy. So I got the rehearsal this poor guy didn't get. And then I got to then rehearse with him for Gypsy as well. He came in Chichester
0: when we were there in previews and opening night. Nice. From, from what I've always gathered from watching the videos when he's teaching or when he's speaking and everything, he seems like the kind of person where his name is it's not, it's not bigger than his heart, where he will make you feel comfortable. He will make yeah. you just because he's Stephen Sondheim, Stephen Sondheim, the big name the the most celebrated man on you know is, is, in terms of his music and everything that's out the window he will make you feel come to go right we're, we're gonna we're gonna do something magical here and was that what he um, did with you for the, those two yeah.
1: I mean that's what I got from him he was so approachable I always say to you now I think you know I think he might be anticipating that move just a little bit before. After saying it or something like that, I think that was the only note I ever got. And uh, you just go, oh, damn, why did I not see that? Because you always want to impress those people. Yeah. And um, no, the most generous man, and listen to any lyrics, any show. You know, he's, it's all from the heart. All his songs are so be- mean something. Not, there's hardly any songs that I can't think of one that doesn't mean anything. He's just amazing. And I've just done the Sondheim concert for Cameron, which was great to do with all those stars, you know, and you then you just realise, listening to all that music, wow, how amazing to have even
0: known him, yeah, you know, that's great. And he'll live on forever, that's the thing.
1: Oh yeah. God, yeah, I, and you know, it's that sad thing again, when people pass, sometimes their things all become bigger and even better, you know, and because when he started, I think he was ahead of his time also, because people weren't sure about his music, you know, at first and, you know, and now it's a massive thing. And, Quite and so it should be.
0: Another person that you did work with was in Sunset Boulevard. And that was Glenn Close. I mean, do tell about Glenn Close.
1: I mean, I I remember when she first came in, we were all a bit like so starstruck. So I thought I have to, I thought I'm not going to work with anybody better than this now. And of course, she kept walking around, and she, and she's. You always expect them to be really grand, or that you have to be careful what you said. And she did have a, she was on the back foot a little bit, and then she got to know us and she came and sat next to me nearly all the time. Um, and like if, but she's a real method, I think, a method actress. And whenever she's on there rehearsing, it's full out, there's no marking, also again. And um, I remember when I used to do the tango, pretending to be Joe Gillis, if if Michael was in a fitting, she'd call me to the side and say, "Let's do the tango." But she would do it as she was in love with me, and it was quite freaky at first. <laughs> but then it was just amazing because she just had, she just did it because that's how she had to do the number physically, knowing she was in love with him. It was just brilliant. And then when we took it to America, you know, I got to know her even more. She was just and the only time I saw her be uh, funny or you know strange about something. Was when she got mad with herself, not with anybody else. It's if she d- missed something or didn't hit a note or, or she missed a step. That that's the only time I saw any kind of. I love
0: people like that that are critical about themselves. Another thing, going back onto Disney, you did The Little Mermaid. Yeah, and I wanted I want to know because um, my my fiance played um, school production of Ursula. She really wanted to go for that role and she got it and everything and absolutely. Uh, nailed it. But when you did the Little Mermaid, obviously for Disney, it was on uh, Broadway as well, etc. What again? Again, what what was different? What what was actually? How did you approach it?
1: I mean, first of all, we needed to find a language for the Under the Sea thing because they wanted to do wires, and I kept saying, "I don't think I'm the choreographer because I don't know anything about on wires." I mean, and then you've got to you you you, only, you can only do so much on wires. So, uh, strangely enough, I went to Disneyland, and I was going to and this little kid just whizzed by me. And I went, oh, he's not on roller skates. So I followed and went to his parents, and said, what's he got on? He said, these new shoes called Heelys. So we had our own shoes made from that, based on them, as our underwater. So, like, Sierra, Le- all of the sea people learned to all that, you know, kind of those... Those shoes, and they were—they made them. We were called the mer mer-blades, merblades. So, um, but yeah, healers. That so he gave it a proper language for me, which helped me a lot. Which meant I could dance still, because you could put your foot down and pirouette and then roll again. So you know, things like that—that that was wonderful to do.
0: Of all the musical productions or um, shows that you've done, which which show that stands out to you that has been the most challenging, the one you've gone? oh, this is a lot of work to do or this is going to be very tough.
1: Um, when I directing <laughs> the show I'm about to do again, directing choreograph Choreographed 42nd Street, which I love, don't get me wrong, and I'm glad I did it, but halfway through I thought, wow, it's massive. What made you think you could direct it and choreograph it? Luckily, I was surrounded by amazing assistants that always had my back and, and pushing me forward. But it was, it was great, I mean, great to achieve, but that nearly killed me. And I think the other show where I've gone, oh, I found hard when I did Tonight's the Night, the Rod Stewart show. Mm-hmm. I just found it hard because it was like a jukebox show and I wasn't dancing for any reason. And I think I'd just done Anything Goes at the National. And that for me was such an amazing experience of my career. And then to go and do something where I didn't have to tell story and just dance, kind of found, I found that hard. But um, once again, still grateful I did it you know still grateful to have another show west end show on my list so but yeah i did find that hard
0: what is so what what's the uh, the boundaries between a director and a choreographer in in terms of working relationship wise is it is it to do with um when it comes to working together i've always wanted to know because um uh, obviously in, in amdram you always get the choreographer he or she will they would teach you, and you got the director just sat there, just going right, okay, okay, this is how we're doing it. But in terms of West End and Broadway, and how you've done it with other directors, what what's the boundaries there?
1: The good ones is that like anything goes. For example, with Trevor Nunn, he would tell you what he'd like to see. We would put the arrange. I'd go in the room with arrangement and tell him what I'm doing, or these four are going to dance this bit. They'll come out, and you know, it's if you've got a you know. It's just working well with a director. I mean, I have worked with directors when I started off, that it was, this is this, this is this. And of course you can't answer back when you're starting off because your knowledge isn't as good. So you do, you spend most of your time trying to please. I'm older now and I've done a lot more. So luckily I work with di- directors so collaborative, if I'm not directing it myself, but I like Richard Eyre, Trevor Nunn, all those amazing directors, Josie Rourke, who I did City of England with, they're so collaborative, but I have worked with a couple that I've had to fight against, or I, you know, there's been hard work, but that's all part of learning. But luckily, I get to work with the good ones now, you know, or <laughs> the brilliant ones that I'm always inspired by, and I still never stop learning from them.
0: Yeah. Especially when you worked with uh, Trevor Nunn, I mean, he, he's come from a lot of productions, as well, Cats and a lot of ones. And the one that stood up for me as well was um, Starlight Express. I mean, this is the man who's directed people on roller skates, you know, and uh, yeah. that's, oh, I Has anyone would you ever consider doing that, like Starlight Express or do you think that is out? Of well, your... I kind of felt like I did that with Mermaid. Oh, Mermaid. Yeah. But yeah, but Trevor, even though he probably couldn't
1: skate, it would be his vision. And, you know, it's like Le Mis and Katz both were hated when they, well, not hated, but they thought they were going to be bombed. And, you know, Le Mis was and he stood by them and he. His passion and his knowledge about that every show he does is quite mind-blowing. And, you know, that's what brings the style and everything. You know, sometimes he does need to cut his shows. They are a bit long. But then I got to work with him on Acorn Antiques with Victoria Wood. And, like, you couldn't think of anything opposite. And it was just brilliant.
0: Yeah. A um, couple of last questions for you, and I'm really grateful that you can came on the show to talk about it. And um, I, I wanted to know something. That you mentioned Victoria Wood yeah. as well. Um I, I was familiar with her, but um I don't think with a lot of comedians, I mean my favorite comedian of all time has always been Lee Evans. Um and one one with Force of Nature, but with Victoria Woods, how was that? What was that like to work with with her?
1: I mean, have you never seen any of her old stuff or all, all this? You, I mean, have, I think. Um I mean, if you watch Dinner Ladies again or
0: was it, dinner, you know, now I know I've seen it. It was in my I mean,
1: She's done loads. She did a wooden watch. I mean, she, she, I think, well, I think it was 15. I can't remember exact amount, but she was the first woman ever to fill out the Royal Albert Hall for like 13 nights or something. Mm. I mean, she was amazing. When I first met her, I was a bit in awe because I had Julie Walters in the room and all those people. But I was in awe. I was with, you know, Victoria Wood, who I'd grown up with. And she became one of my closest friends in the end before she passed, sadly. You know, I I worked with, I did all her tellies and we did a duet together on her last Christmas special. We did Nick and Margaret from The Apprentice and I played Nick and she was Margaret. And I'm so glad I did it now because I've got something to keep, you know, and doing her shows and working with her. I mean, she's tough, don't get me wrong. I mean, she knows what she wants and that's what it's gotta be, but in a good way. She's. It's only because she's professional, and I loved her for it. So, very lucky once again.
0: Yeah. One of the um, so with all the productions you're doing now, um, I wanted to know because you you said your your partner's um, deaf and everything. But um, when it comes to producing some work that involves, obviously, maybe say like a deaf character or a scene and everything, how how do, how does one approach it do, do, they, do you have to get a lot of people who are, um, who have difficulties with hearing to come involved and see what the...
1: Yeah, I mean, I've not, I have to say, I've not come across that. My partner has his own company called Deaf Men Dancing. And he deals with deafness all the time, obviously. And he works with uh, a lot of the other companies that deal with disabled and everything. So you have to have other people in the room that are kind of signing for him or speaking to him or, blind. I mean, he's dealt with them all, everybody. And it's amazing. It always blows my mind how brilliant the shows are, you know. So, yeah, I, I've not had to deal with that yet,
0: you know, but I'm, you know, I, I'm all for it, you know, working with all sorts of disabilities. So when it comes to when someone's deaf and they want to do some dancing and everything, how does that how how does that approach go? Because obviously, um, how do they listen, not listen to the music, but how do they, you know, go, go flow? That's the word I'm looking at.
1: Well, I think for. these new earphones, you can hear something. All I can imagine, it's like um, being underwater, I presume. But my partner deals with vibration on the floor, so the speaker's always on the floor. So he knows... I mean, he tap dances in time. So when I teach tap dancing and somebody's out of time, I go, I've got a partner who's deaf <laughs> who can keep in time. Sure you can keep in time. Do you know what I mean? So, it's, I mean, it's amazing. I'm always blown away by it. And that's why I wanted to put Super Cal, uh, fragilistic, I wanted to sign it because I he, he made me realise how how hard it must be for him and how amazing it is. And Rosie going on um, Strictly helped as
0: another, that was truly amazing. Well, because the reason why I asked this is because, I mean, I'm, I'm a playwright, um, hopefully one day by trade, um, and one of the plays that I finished, and I tried sending it off to one or two people, but they haven't got back to me. But uh, it's about a a young man whose uncle and boyfriend have adopted him after the death of the boy's parents, but he falls in love with a deaf girl. And there's a there's a scene where they're dancing. And I wrote down that, I remember writing down that, um, she asks him what songs play in, and he doesn't know the um. And he tells her, and she puts her hand on the floor for some reason. Uh, yeah. Puts her hand on the floor, and she goes, "Oh yeah, and I I can tell." And she said, "Oh, do you want to dance?" And it was like, but my friend always came up to me. He read it, and he said to me, "Rich, you, you got to get people who are, you know, who work with deaf, who are deaf, yeah. and understand, you know." And
1: also, if you're if you're singing the lyrics to somebody, and you can press the squeeze their hand and and do it in time and say, and they'll go, ah, now I know what it is, Mm. you know. He sits for ages with his hands on speakers and looking at lyrics and things. So yeah, that's very, I mean, I always remember in Little Mermaid, one of my favourite numbers in that was One Step Closer. It's where she couldn't speak, but they're communicated through dance. And it's such a beautiful moment too, just saying how much dance brings into your life and how much joy it does, you know. And there's nothing better than leaving a theater and seeing people dancing up the street or you know, trying to dance up the street. Because that that just means they've believed it and loved it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I'll be doing later tonight. I mean, I'm going to watch um, Chicago at the New York. Oh, street. yeah. So, um, I've got friends in that.
1: So yeah.
0: So um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So I think the last question for you then, Steve, is so far, how do you look back on your career?
1: Oh wow. I mean i'm just blessed beyond belief i look back and i think how amazing the people i've worked with i've learned from good and bad um the good thing is if you love something stick to it whatever anybody tells you to do stick with it always stay with it, even if they say you're not going to achieve it because if you believe it it can happen and i've had the most amazing career like i said i would never believe all the things i've got and you know the credibility which is amazing and people wanting to work with you is is my biggest favorite thing you know so I, I absolutely love it
0: are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one would your man be interested in a personalized keyring from his children are you looking for the best price jewelry whether it be a necklace ring earrings bangle or even more look no further crafted arts crafted arts is a local business based in barry within the Vale of morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need if it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday maybe something for christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time crafted arts it's the business for you. If you want to know more or see what they have in stock, then you can visit them locally at 29 High Street, Barry, of Morgan, CF627EB, or you can go onto their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk, you can even email them at info at craftedarts.co.uk, or maybe just give them a call at 77 89 trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about creative space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So do you want to have experience in making jewellery, do you want to pick up a hobby but not know what to take or where to start then look no further than the veil jewelry workshops veil jewelry workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry they will help you make a range of silverware including rings bracelets and many more pieces you will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering texturing shaping and lots more not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well so if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewelry and if you're very interested go on to their website at www.veildrewryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone them at 77 Hi! We're Billboard Ensemble. Uh-huh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, is coming to the Memo Arts Centre from the
1: 20th to the 23rd of July. Featuring 25 dance floor classics such as I Will Survive, Hot Stuff, Go West, and many more. Tickets on sale now at memoartcenter.co.uk or call at 01446 738